Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recap Season 1, where we are covering all 67 episodes of Game of Thrones in preparation for the airing of Season 8 in April of 2019. Today, we are on Season 7, finally. Episode 1, Dragonstone. We'll begin up in the far north at the Wall, where uh, first... In a a vision that Bran has kind of uh, somewhere beyond the wall, Uh, a great number of white walkers riding horses lead a horde of whites through a storm, including at least three giants. Meanwhile, Bran and Mira reach the gate beneath Castle Black, where acting Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, Edison Tillette, uh, decides to allow them into Castle Black. Uh, we head south to Winterfell, where um, newly crowned the King of the North, Jon Snow, is organizing the defense of the North against the Night King and the Army of the Dead. He asks that all maesters throughout the Northern lands begin to scour their records for any mentions of dragonglass, as it is now more valuable than gold due to its effectiveness against the White Walkers. He also requests that Tormund and the rest of the Free Folk go man Eastwatch by the sea as they were present at Hardhome and have seen the Night King. Tormund agrees to go do this. Uh, John also orders that all able-bodied men and boys aged 10 to 60 to be trained in combat as well as all of the women should be trained to fight as well. Uh, Robert Glover is not too thrilled with the idea of arming his young women. However, uh, Lady Liana Mormont, of course, remarks that she will certainly take these orders to heart very quickly, that every girl on Bear Island will be trained alongside all of the boys. Uh, The next order of business is the possibility of the walkers getting past the wall. If they do so, John notes that the first things they encounter will be the castles of both Last Hearth and Carhold, the seats belonging to uh, the two houses that fought alongside the Boltons. Uh, Lord Royce uh, states that the castle should be demolished for their lord's treachery, but Sansa interjects that the castles committed no crimes and urges Jon to strip the Umbers and the Karstarks of their castles. Uh, However, Jon advocates for forgiveness and insists that the children will not be punished for the crimes of their fathers. Therefore, John turns over rule of both Last Hearth and Carhold to Ned Umber and Alice Carr Stark, who both kneel and pledge their allegiance to House Stark. Um, later, John chides Sansa for questioning his decision making here in front of the other lords and ladies of the North, as well as the Vale. Uh, and Sansa responds that Joffrey did not tolerate dissent either. Uh, but John, of course, acknowledges, sure, but you don't think I'm Joffrey, do, do you? Uh, Sansa, of course, said, no, no, <laughs> no. Luckily, no. Uh, Maester Wolken 
then arrives and delivers a message from newly crowned Queen Cersei Lannister. Uh, though she's apparently not really opposed to House Stark ruling the North again, uh, she does demand that, of course, they submit to her authority. Come to the king, come to the Red Keep, and kneel and pledge your allegiance to the Iron Throne. Uh, John, of course, uh, decides not to do this. Uh, later, Bran and Pod are sparring in the courtyard. Uh, Pod is not doing too well uh, in this battle against Brienne, uh, but Tormund offers him some reassurance and also appears to quickly have taken a liking to Lady Brienne of Tarth. Uh, Littlefinger approaches Sansa up in the ramparts as she is observing this sparring match, and Littlefinger attempts to seduce Sansa again, more or less. Uh, Sansa, of course, uh, sends Littlefinger off uh, after Brienne arrives. Uh, And Sansa is asked by Brienne why Littlefinger's still here. And it's, well, uh, if he didn't bring the Knights of the Vale to the Battle of the Bastards, we would all be dead right now. So that's why he can stay here at Winterfell for a while at least. Uh, we will continue south to the Riverlands, I believe, yes, where first up at the Twins, uh, Lord Walter Frey, who died last episode, is presiding over a feast that he has organized for the second time in a fortnight. He has summoned every Frey who took part in the Red Wedding under the pretext of revealing his impending plans for the Frey family. Walter orders the servants to serve wine from the arbor, but tells his latest wife, Kitty Frey, he's not going to waste any wine on any women. Walter thanks his family for helping him to slaughter the Starks and details, of course, the violent deaths of King Rob, Talisa, their unborn child, Lady Cat, much to the laughter of his family. However, uh, the wine is quickly revealed to be poisoned, as the audience knows this isn't actually Walder. It is Arya wearing his face, carrying out another section of her revenge tour, eliminating the entirety of House Frey, presumably from the map here in one fell swoop. Later, Arya, having acquired a horse from the now uh, rather emptied stables of the twins, uh, is riding south when she stumbles upon a group of Lannister soldiers who have been sent to the twins to investigate what's going on with the phrase. Uh, They're singing songs and offer to share some rabbit meat for dinner. Uh, When the soldiers ask why Arya is riding south, she, of course, calmly informs them, I'm going to go murder Cersei. That's what I'm up to, folks. Uh, Arya does also learn from the soldiers that the Great Set of Baelor has been destroyed and the Red Keep has been essentially sealed off from anyone being allowed inside. Uh, The soldiers insist that she join them around the campfire. She asks about their adventures, and they admit that they are homesick, and once they left home, they wish to return to their families. Elsewhere in the Riverlands, the Hound is riding north with the Brotherhood Without Banners through some snow. 
Uh, they decide to take shelter for the night at an abandoned home, but the hound recognizes this house. He recognizes it from earlier. He went there with Arya back in, uh, I made note of this, let me pull up my notes, uh, back in uh, season four, episode three, they stayed in this house, the hound and Arya did. Uh, the men enter the house where they discover the dead bodies of the farmer and his daughter that were so hospitable to the hound and Arya. Uh, it appears that the father killed his daughter and then himself so that they would not starve to death in the cold winter. Uh, the Hound recalls seeing Barrington Daring at the tournament back in King's Landing in season one. He was there. It was a different actor, but Barrington Darien was there. We met him briefly in season one when he was sent uh, by Ned Stark, actually, to go end up founding the Brotherhood Without Banners. Uh, Barrick, uh, does, you know, uh, is asked why he's resurrected as there's not really anything special about him. Uh, and Barrick states that he does not know why R'hllor keeps reviving him. Uh, the Hound is convinced to go look into the fire by Thoros Amir. Uh, Thoros tells him that only the fire can show him what the Lord of Light wants you to see. At first, the hound can only see burning logs, but then, to his own shock, he sees a wall of ice, the wall. also sees a castle where the wall meets the sea. This is Eastwatch that he has seen, a mountain that looks like an arrowhead, and thousands of the dead marching past. Beric now, of course, asks the hound if he now believes that they're here for a reason. Later, Thoros finds the hound outside burying the farmer and his daughter Sally in the snow. Uh, Thoros quickly deduces that the Hound knew these people, but uh, the Hound states that he did not, and the Hound attempts to give them a proper seven-style uh, funeral service, but uh, does not know the correct verses to state in the seven funeral customs. So instead, he simply states that they deserved better. Uh, farther south, or we'll go east, southeast-ish, I believe, from here, or, yeah, from here, uh, over to Old Town. Uh, at the Citadel, uh, Samuel Tarley is assigned menial work. His duties include serving meals, emptying the chamber pot, shelving some books. Uh, while browsing through the library, he takes great note and is very intrigued by the restricted section of the library. Uh, and, you know, you have to be a full maester to gain access to the restricted section. Later, uh, Samuel helps Archmaester Ebros to dissect a corpse, uh, and he asks the Archmaester if he has read his proposition, which is that in light of what Sam has seen north of the Wall, the White Walkers, and the Night King, uh, that he may be allowed to go into the restricted section ahead of time to attempt to gather more intel on the White Walkers and how to possibly combat or even stop them all together. Uh, the Archmaester, of course, does not accept this proposition, but does affirm his belief in Sam's stories about the White Walkers and the Night Kings. 
existence. Later that night, uh, Samwell steals a maester's key and enters the restricted section anyway. Uh, later on, Samwell is studying in his private chambers uh, back outside in Old Town uh, with Gilly and baby Sam. Uh, Gilly asks about the book he's studying, which is, of course, about the long night. Samwell recalls that, uh, you know, back in season five, uh, Stannis mentioned to him a big pile of dragon glass underneath the castle on Dragonstone. Uh, and to a surprise, this book uh, also corroborates this thing that Stannis thought about as there is a large mountain of obsidian just beneath the castle. Sam quickly writes a letter to Jon Snow telling him about this information. The next day, while gathering empty bowls from the cells of the Citadel, of the Citadel Sanitarium, uh, Samuel is confronted by a shadowy figure whose arm is almost completely covered in grayscale. The figure asks if the Dragon Queen has arrived yet. Samuel states that he does not know. The figure withdraws his arm. Who is this person? Pretty obvious, but nonetheless. Uh, we will head... Uh, east, pretty much, over to King's Landing, where um, Cersei shows Jamie a giant map of Westeros that she's having painted on the floor. Uh, they have not really spoken uh, since Jamie returned due to uh, his anger over Tommen's death. Uh, Cersei also tells Jamie that uh, Tyrion has returned with Queen Danny to Westeros to come kill them all. Uh, Jaime, using his uh, very strong military mind, believes that uh, Danny will enter forces at Dragonstone, as that is her birthplace, and she's likely to be drawn there. And more importantly, the deep water around the island will allow all of her ships to make anchor. Cersei also knows that they have enemies to the south, the West and the North, the Dorne, the Tyrells, and the Starks. Uh, Cersei has dreams of ushering in a long dynasty, although uh, Jamie tells her that since they're losing this war currently and all their children are dead, not to mention the deaths of both Kevin and Lannister and the Sept, that uh, outside of Tyrion, they're the only two Lannisters left alive, so... Uh, as soon as Cersei dies, unless Jaime takes the throne, there's no Lannister to take it. Uh, so, Cersei doesn't quite know how to respond to this. Uh, so, she decides to remind Jaime that she's been the only one listening to their father's counsel for the past 40 years and has learned some things from Tywin uh, later, a large ironborn fleet bearing the sigil of House Greyjoy sails into King's Landing as Cersei is planning to forge an alliance with the Iron Islands with its newest king, Euron Greyjoy. Uh, Euron arrives and proposes they join forces to murder all of their enemies, Yara, Theon, Tyrion, Danny, everyone, uh, Jamie questions Euron's legitimacy and trustworthiness. Uh, Euron discusses the 
Greyjoy Rebellion and praises Jamie's swordsmanship on the day he went and invaded Pike. Uh, Euron also asked that he went into exile due to this rebellion. Uh, and he also proposes a marriage pact to Cersei. Cersei uh, declines due to Euron's, you know, history of not quite following through with his oaths, and also he murdered his brother. Uh, neither phased nor disappointed, Euron promises that he will return to King's Landing with one of his finest gifts for Cersei. What could this gift be? We will find out later. Uh, we will head east to Dragonstone, where Queen Danny, along with her closest advisors, Tyrion, Varys, Missy, and the Worm, land on Dragonstone Island, all three of her dragons circling overhead. Uh, Danny kneels and touches the land of Westeros. The first time since her birth, uh, she and her entourage then climb the steps to Dragonstone Castle. She slowly walks through the castle uh, and heads into the chamber of the painted table, which still holds the discarded markers of Stannis's last use of the table. Danny turns to Tyrion once she reaches the head, remarks, shall we begin? And that is where this episode ends. So, what other things do you have to add? Questions might you have at this point that I will do my best to answer uh, without spoiling the rest of this season. Uh, for you, so anything? Well, this is the first episode of season seven. Mm -hmm. As we know, it took place, I mean, in calendar time for us, it was like a year later after the, after the end of season six or so. Right. Uh, but How soon is it in show continuity? In show continuity. It, um... To me, it takes different time frames for each of these right um, storylines because there's no way. Right, the John stuff is the John and Bran stuff seems to be pretty much like immediately after the next day, and or, then like the so. the Danny stuff should be like months later. Should be months but later. But let's call it a couple weeks uh, for how they like to do time in the show. She sure. Uh huh. Had to get from Marine to Dragonstone. That should be a month at least. On the uh, water now. Maybe on water they travel a little faster. Maybe. But still should have taken uh -huh. not a day or two. Right. The, the Cersei stuff, I don't know. It's not really... I mean, that guy has apparently just started painting the floor and has painted most of Westeros. Yeah, so most of it. I would think that'd take a good couple weeks to paint that much of a map, but I'm no expert so. on that front. And especially the paint's dry enough for Cersei that she and can Jamie stand on it and all. Yeah, walks across so. it. It's like, uh huh. Well, if he just paint, I you shouldn't mm -hmm. be walking on it. Right. So my guess would be, and then old then with Sam, it doesn't really matter, but. I mean, I'd say at least probably a week. I think it'd be safe to go, like, everything that's not in the north is, like, two weeks after. Well, it seems Six like ended, it. and the north stuff is, like, immediately after. And, and that's the biggest problem with me in this series is mm -hmm. the timelines are just... I mean, John has just been 
appointed king in the north, mm-hmm. and Cersei's sending him a letter wanting him to come to King's Landing, and and it's like, uh-huh. how do you even know he's king in the north? It's only been... <laughs> it hasn't been that long. Well, because the, the king in the north is not an actual title, so... No, but she shouldn't know he is. Well, no, but she should have heard, okay, the Starks took back Winterfell from the Boltons and should have sent the letter immediately, because... Technically, whoever rules Winterfell is the ruler of the North, technically, Still. without a King in the North title. Because the King in the North is just a thing the North started to when they were right. rebelling against Joffrey, it just, at uh, least in the modern context of the story. I don't so. see how she would have got word that he took over. She just got a letter to him already, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my guess is she sent that letter pretty much immediately after she heard about the aftermath of the Battle of Bastards, and it just now got here. So she probably sent it before she blew up the set, probably. See, that's not... Or, or like, right after, like, that same day, so... And the fact, like, you know, okay, so um, Arya has killed Mm -hmm. Walter Frey. Yep. And now they've summoned every Frey, and, Mm -hmm. and they're having... That seems like, well, you know, that wouldn't be the same day or the next day, it seems. Like, that would be a week to get everyone there, it seems like. Well, it's within two weeks of the Feast in the Sixth Finale. Because it's the second feast in a fortnight. So it's at least two weeks since, it's at least within two weeks of... So it's within two weeks. The one that Jamie was at the Twins for. And then what I have a problem with, and I know this is not... I mean, this is just my timeline thing, probably. Uh-huh. But Arya heads south, uh-huh. and the soldiers have been sent to the twins, oh, to keep law and order. Mm-hmm. Okay, to the twins. Yes. Okay, now that is where Arya and House Frey was. Yes. At the twins. Yes. Okay, now I'm not sure why they're being sent there to keep law and order, but... Then later on, Jamie tells Cersei uh, that House Frey has been exterminated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I don't understand how he would know that already. And <laughs> they they they've sent these soldiers up there to keep the peace somehow. Mm-hmm. Is that telling me that they know House Frey was killed? Yes, my assumption my, my assumption now? would be that after Arya kills ever all of the Freys, that the Maester at the Twins sent a letter to King's Landing saying, "Hey, all of the Freys are dead," and so they sent those soldiers up there to figure out who's going to rule the Twins now or hold the Twins <laughs> until they can figure that out. And, and Arya is running into them heading south. Yes. Now, I know it's a TV show, and you uh-huh. do have to, you know, get some of these timelines quicker or else. Uh-huh. I will say, if we're going to spend all this time on timelines, this is what we're going to discuss most of the time throughout this season. <laughs> there are a lot of time issues in this season in particular, um, like so, this. So. Yes. Um, okay, other than that. <laughs> uh-huh. The timeline stuff. 
Um, other than that, I don't really, I mean, it was all pretty straightforward, I think. Uh, things are moving forward. Um, and I don't think I have any questions, really. Now, you did say that there were at least three giants. Mm-hmm. And they're undead giants, to mm -hmm. be um, more specific, I guess. Right. You know, I mean, yes, they're White Walkers, so I mean, they're undead giants. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that giant map, that was okay, painting that on the floor, and then you guys walk on it. Should have still been wet, but oh well. Uh, <laughs> who knows what kind of paint they're using. Maybe they're using some great paint that dries immediately. Maybe. Now, I under, I, from what I'm seeing here... I never know what Kyburn might have cooked up. Who knows? It may have been after, like, okay, let me work on blowing up the city. Now, oh, here's reanimating corpses. Now, insta-dry paint. That, that sounds like something Kyburn could have cooked up, yeah? Yeah, could have been. But, okay, yeah. Yeah, I see a big battle's coming uh, okay. since uh, Samwell has seen that there's a bunch of dragon glass in Dragonstone, and who lands in Dragonstone? Daenerys. Mm -hmm. And Jon Snow will want to go there and get it to fight the White Walkers. So I'm mm -hmm. going to imagine there's going to be a fight there. Mm. Okay. Or they join forces. That's the other possibility. And other than that, yeah, I don't... Nothing about the grayscale dude in the Citadel? Well, the fact that if it is... Uh, uh, Jorah, Joral, Jor Jorah, Jorah uh -huh. Mormont. Uh huh. Um, it is. I mean, I mean it's the it same timeline thing. Like he's there. Mm hmm. How the heck did he get way up there already? I mean, I guess it's been maybe halfway through season six when he left. Right. And he's one person, so he can go a bit faster. So he could go a bit faster, and uh huh. But yeah, I figure it's him. It, it is, yeah. It's like, wow, that's, yeah. Uh, let's see, it's been half a year. Mm hmm. Or roughly, sure. Four let's go with that, timeline. sure. So, yes, it's advanced, and mm -hmm. I figured that's who it was. Okay. Uh, so, that's it, huh? Uh, believe it or not, yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, we're in season seven, which is entirely past anything in the books, but there is still some events that we see on screen that we can draw some theories of, okay, this was probably from this point in the books, as in this happened in the book, but we haven't seen it on screen until now, so we're going to assume it's this. So, uh, from A Storm of Swords... Uh, in chapter 78 of the book, or Sam 5, uh, a king orders Dragonglass to be mined to make weapons against the White Walkers. From A Feast for Crows, the fourth novel, prologue, uh, the novice Pate goes through drudgery work at the Citadel and recounts some experiences with Archmaester Ebros. Chapter 5, Sam 1, Sam reads old records about Dragonglass. Chapter 17, Cersei 4. Cersei forms an alliance with the Ironborn in lieu of her shortage on naval forces. She names a roguish captain who is attracted to her as the head of the Royal Navy. 
Chapter 18, the Iron Captain Euron boasts that he destroyed the Lannister fleet during the Greyjoy Rebellion. Chapter 45, Samwell 5, Sam arrives at the Citadel and begins work as a novice. He speaks with an Archmaester about the Army of the Dead. And from A Dance with Dragons, Chapter 7, John 2, Sam reads old records about Dragonglass again. Chapter 17, John 4, someone suggests destroying the last hearth as punishment. John disagrees. Chapter 35, John 7, John intends to garrison the abandoned castles on the wall with the free folk. Chapter 44, John 9, John meets Alice Carstark and they discuss possible scenarios regarding the inheritance of Carhold. John decides to support her side and assures that he holds no grudge against her over the misdeeds of her father. Chapter 53, John 11. John intends to garrison more of the abandoned castles on the wall with free folk warriors. He plans to have Tormund garrison one of these castles. Some people express their disapproval of the idea. And epilogue, a Lannister discusses their situation in face of the impending Targaryen invasion. And from fan theories that we assume of events in Winds of Winter, uh, Red Wedding 2, or House Frey will suffer a massacre during a celebration in revenge for the Red Wedding. Uh, and that is it as far as book influences on this episode go. Uh, so, we obviously have no differences between the book and this adaptation of them at this point. So, um, my notes on the episode. On an artistic level, the entire sequence with Danny in this episode is just marvelously shot throughout. Just gorgeous photography there. Uh, on a randomly but important kind of note section. Uh, the Faceless powers extend to changing voice, height, and full body appearance, it would, uh, it would lead us to believe Arya's portrayal of Walder Frey this episode, as well as a few episodes back in season six when the waif is disguised as that old lady and comes and stabs Arya. Uh, also, we could get that from there, too. Uh, Arya now has single-handedly destroyed House Frey, pretty much, which leads to who rules the twins? I don't know. Uh, she presumably killed all the Freys that aren't women, so, and since this is Westeros, women can't hold castles unless they're in the north, so, hmm, I don't know. Um, we also start to see just how massive the Army of the Dead is. Also, they got giants, folks. This probably won't end too well if they can figure out how to get past the wall at any point. Uh, Bran and Mira are now at Castle Black. Uh, John is initiating a search for Dragonglass and has requested that all people aged 10 to 60 to train to fight, even the women. Uh, John has sent Tormund and the Free Folk to go to Eastwatch by the sea. Ned Umber and Alice Karstark are now ruling their respective families. Uh, Cersei demands that the Starks come to King's Landing and kneel before her. We know the Starks going south streak is a live and bad one. Will it continue if John decides to go meet with Cersei? Or potentially with Danny at Dragonstone to negotiate that Dragonglass exchange, potentially. Uh, Cersei still not too happy with Jaime for her from for him freeing Tyrion uh, back in season four. 
the mountain has a new outfit, and presumably the entire Kingsguard has also been refitted with new silver and black armor, exchanging in their pure gold outfits from before. Uh, Euron Greyjoy and the Iron Fleet are now uh, attempting to become aligned with Cersei and the Iron Throne. Uh, Sam has begun his maester training. I believe uh, the Dragon Pit gets its first mention in this episode. We'll be going there later in this season. Um, Arya learns that not all members of the Lannister army are truly awful, horrible people in this episode. Arya is headed to King's Landing to go and kill Cersei. Will she get there and get to do this? We'll find out together. Uh, Thoros, Beric, and the Hound take up residence in the same house. The Hound and Arya stayed earlier, Season 4, Episode 3. What does the Hound see in the flames? Well, he sees the wall meeting the sea, meaning Castle of Eastwatch, uh, a mountain that looks like an arrowhead in the dead marching past. We'll see where this goes in the future. Uh, Sam sends John a letter telling him about a store of dragon glass underneath Dragonstone. Stannis mentioned this to him back in Season 5, Episode 5 as well. Uh, Jorah Mormont has briefly returned here in this episode. Uh, Danny has landed on Dragonstone and is ready to begin planning her conquest of Westeros. Foreshadowing nuggets, um, John, the wall hasn't been properly manned for centuries. Uh, a John father hint, um, John hates doing what he's good at, ruling and fighting. Think about it. Um, Jamie, we look like the losing side. Jamie about the Lannisters were the last of us, him and Cersei are. Also, Tyrion technically is. Maybe. We'll see. Um, Euron is bringing a gift for Cersei to prove his trustworthiness. What could this gift be? We'll find out later. Uh, Sam takes note of the restricted section in the library. Uh, Archmaester Ebros. The wall stood through it all, and every winter that ever came ended. Uh, Beric Dondarrion has been resurrected almost endlessly for some higher purpose by the Lord of Light. What is this purpose? I assume we will find out in Season 8. Sam is reading Books at Home with Gilly, and Gilly begins to try and read some of them to help Sam. This will be majorly important in the Season 7 finale. Uh, Sam sees a diagram of a knife in his book. And if you take note, this knife that he sees a diagram of is the same one that was used to attempt to kill Bran back in season one. Does this have any more significance than we thought it to have? We learned from, I believe, Littlefinger back in season one that this dagger is Valyrian steel. So could that be important for the future? Where is this dagger currently? I don't currently recall I imagine Littlefinger has it back somewhere, so uh, we'll see if this comes back into importance in Season 8. And last but not least, when Danny arrives on the beach on Dragonstone, as she's walking up the beach, uh, the camera smartly lingers for a second on this opening to a cave on the beach. We'll learn more about this cave later in this season. 
Uh, and that is it for this episode uh, as far as I have on a notes section. So I believe that will do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the cha- show uh, for more great content like this. And until that next episode, goodbye.